Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Lone Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Dio, what is popping? JC, it is the end of college football season as we know it, and believe it or not, thank God, I'm excited. Hey, I'm looking forward to this. Like, I look forward to college football season every year, like yeah. by about mid-July, mm-hmm. I'm jonesing for football, mm-hmm. but I'm getting to a point now where I'm also jonesing for my Saturdays back. Yeah. So I got to watch my University of Central Florida Knights get absolutely throttled on Saturday by Tulane. The green wave came in and literally swept them out to sea. Yeah. Shit happens. Life moves on. I didn't throw any remotes this time. I kind of somewhat expected it. The defense played like garbage. Didn't matter who was that quarterback. And we get to go to the doo-doo bowl and play some other no-name team. Well, at this rate, as they continue to expand the selection pool for the college football playoff, I'm sure they'll make it in next year when they expand it to 55 teams. You know what? Myself and the rest of the UCF fans, especially the Twitter mafia, we're going to expect it. Right. Like – we're going to expect it the way that, like, my daughter's expecting yeah. her dad to take her to New York City mm-hmm. for Christmas. Not this year. Not realizing that dad works in the mortgage industry. Not this year. And homeboy ain't got the cash for a trip like that. Not this year. Yep. And that would probably be my response to the UCF fans about next year. Uh-uh. Not well, this year. Well, this, you know, they got Gus Malzahn in there, so just give them a couple more years to, like, recruit players or some shit. That's what y'all say, right? That is what that's what people say. Yep, give him a couple more years, and uh, he may need to recruit recruit some coaches. Yeah, he may need to recruit some coaches. Uh, Dion, they should have done their job. They would have hired Dion. Yeah, I'm interested to see how Dion's uh, gonna do at Colorado. Undefeated. You think so? You put some know. money on I that, John? I don't John? give a damn. I woke up and I was scrolling through my feet, and I was like, "Oh, that's where he works now." Kept moving. Don't even care. Don't even care. So yeah, so you asked me what's popping. That's what's popping. Like, like I am excited. For the January 6th Bowls, I'm excited for the playoffs. I'm happy with the four teams that made it. But what I'm not excited about is like when we get into January and football's done and there is no baseball, mm-hmm. and I'm stuck having to watch meaningless basketball. Layups. And hockey that I enjoy but not enough to watch it during the regular season, nor do I care about the highlights. Mm-hmm. Like I'll watch the Stanley Cup. That'll matter. Mm-hmm. I may even watch the divisional finals. The last game. Mm-hmm. And the same exact thing for basketball. Like, I won't turn on basketball until you're down to the March Madness and the 64. And I'm only tuning in because I put 100 bucks into some bracket. Oh, yeah. How'd your, how'd your fantasy turn out this year? Well, um, I'm still in one of the three leagues. Three. Okay. Yeah. The other two leagues I'm in, might as well just write it off. All right. But the one league I'm in, the one league that matters, the one that I did with all of my high school buddies, mm-hmm. uh, that one, besides getting just absolutely curbed, over the weekend, mm-hmm. we're still doing well. Well, that's good because since we've approached the end of the year, that will give you ample time to plan your roster for next year, which is a great segue into today's topic, which is... Ding, 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 ding. Business planning. We have been actually teasing this for the past like two or three weeks. Yep. We've actually done multiple episodes that hmm, if people were doing things intentional by people, I mean John Coleman and Dustin Owen... Mm-hmm. They may have just created a three-part series on business planning. Uh Uh-oh. Right? If you look at the content we've produced over the past three weeks, whether you're watching on YouTube, whether you're tuning in on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or anywhere else you find podcasts. Potties. Almost called them potties, didn't I? You call them potties. I I call them podcasts. You got to use a potty. You got to record a potty today. There we go. Then you would have noticed that because we're at the end of the year, we've been talking a lot about prepping for the year to come, right? Business planning. 
but we haven't done an, an episode specifically on business planning, and that's what today's episode is going to be. Yes. But if someone was working on version 2.0 of the website, yeah. i.e. John Coleman, yeah. along with Chris Johnstone's help and his team and Dennis Miller doing some heavy lifting on the backside, then you could potentially go on the website in, I don't know, four or six weeks, and you could see mm. three episodes tied together mm. with maybe some handouts. What? that are specifically geared towards people who are doing business planning. Let's do it. Yeah, because the website has a ton of content, both additional training videos, as well as a forum, as well as trackers and printouts and various guides, as well as links to third-party services mm -hmm. that you don't get just by tuning in and watching us on YouTube or listening to us on Apple or Spotify. Word. Yep, so that podcast, for those that aren't in the know, like wake the F up, is tloponline.com. That is T-L-O-P online.com. Or if it's easier for you because you don't understand that the acronym TLOP stands for The Loan Officer Podcast, mm -hmm. you could actually go into your bar and you could type in thelonofficerpodcast.com. They both work. All right, so here we go. Business set aside. Yeah. Let's jump right in. Yes. So this is going to be specifically for my loan officers, my real estate agents, our life insurance salespeople, our folks over at Tom James who sell custom clothing, Jump the show. or anyone else who is 100% sales, who runs their own business, who is very entrepreneurial minded. This is a very simple, easy business plan for you to follow. And the way that I can do it best is to speak to the loan officers and allow everyone else to kind of insert what works for your industry. But it's going to be very, very similar. So let me think about this, John. What if we made an Excel spreadsheet that would help people do this? Yes. Now, you can make your own. You can follow along at home. You do not need Excel to do this. It is all basic fourth grade math. But let's make a promise to the audience. If they go to tloponline.com, by the end of this month, this is December of 2022, in case people are playing catch up. <laughs> you know, we do have a lot of fans that are that found us like just, six months just ago. Just coming into the funnel. Just coming in. And they're like, oh my God, this is great. I'm like, yeah, we're pushing 300 episodes. Yeah. And like, how am I ever going to get caught up? I'm like, well, the good news is we only do two a week every single week. So if you listen to one a day. Yeah, every day. Every single day, you can there get There is one up. person on YouTube who's literally started at one and is every... He's watched every episode. It's like, crazy. There's 76 or something. One that you know about. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch dozens of, of others. Correct. Do dozens I taught of you others. that. <laughs> I taught you that. I taught you that, yeah. So, um, no. So, anyhow, we will have a, a play along at home Excel spreadsheet, but you can play along at home because we're going to dumb down the numbers that basic. Okay. All right. So, we're going to start with this because, again, 100% commission salespeople, entrepreneurs, people that own their own business, right. run their own practice, operate their own firm. Mm hmm. We all did this for the money. Period. End of story. Who you fooling if you didn't state you did it for the money? You thought you could make more money than the average bear if you went 100% commission. Or you left working for the man to be the man because you wanted to make more money. Mm -hmm. So when we are business planning, the very first thing I want you to write down on that piece of paper is what is my income goal? in 2023. So just write down your income goal. It could be a hundred grand. It could be 500 grand. It could be a million dollars. What is your income goal? And I'm going to pause for a second. Let everyone write that down. 
Yeah. While I'm letting them write that down, John, mm -hmm. something that I'll share with you that I want to make sure we circle back at the very end. Mm -hmm. We are going to wrap this up with what's your exit strategy. Uh-oh. Yeah. I think that's a, a, a thought process that not enough people have. Really? That it doesn't matter how old you are, how new or, or, or established your business is, you need to be focused on an exit strategy because that helps with proper planning. That's very true. I think of my exit strategy as soon as I start. Just joking. Side note to that. Every time I've witnessed you do this exercise, people write down their number of like their income goal and like 90% of the time you're like, that's not, that's not enough. Can you speak to that? Yeah, I'll speak to that. Look at your number, share it with somebody. Share it with someone who, who is equal to you or share it with somebody who maybe has achieved things you wanna achieve and ask yourself and ask them, is that enough? Right, because I'll give a shout out to Kevin Miracle. Right, Kevin's a loan officer. He's finishing up his first full year. He was in a coaching group that I did two years ago. I got the most awesome message from Kevin over, yeah. over the uh, weekend. Like the message that makes your heart smile and keeps you going <laughs> really, another day or two, right? Yeah. Like he didn't, no one asked him to do it. He took time out of his day to say thank you. Mm -hmm. And the long story short, one of his thank yous was you were the first person to call me out when my number was too low because I did call him out as you pointed out, mm -hmm. and I just did it for the group that I'm coaching right now, mm -hmm. right? I saw Ben's number mm -hmm. and I took that number and I added another like 50 or 60 grand to it. Yeah. And then because I've had a chance to meet Ben's wife, I said, I want you to go home and tell Gabby, that's your number. So JC's point is make sure you're not underselling yourself, right? Make sure your number is accurate, push yourself a little bit, but that income number needs to be realistic. Okay, but also push yourself. Right. All right, so you have your income number. Now here's what I need you to then put underneath your income number. How much volume do I need to sell in order to achieve that number? Right, like if someone is selling TV advertising, they know how much volume they must sell based on their commission mm -hmm. in order to achieve that goal. Or whether it's revenue, if someone's over at uh, Old Republic, and they're selling uh, home warranties, mm -hmm. they know. Real estate agents, they know. Life insurance people, they know, right? They know how much they have to sell in order to achieve that, that number. Mm -hmm. So let's start with how much, how much volume is that? Or could it be billable hours, or it could be revenue, right? Whatever that number is, go ahead and write that down. Now, how many transactions does it take you to achieve that type of volume or that type of revenue, right? Because we should know this. We are business practitioners. We must know our numbers. So we're starting with our income goal. Then we're gonna back our way into it. It goes income goal, then how much volume, and then how many transactions, or if you're a loan officer, how many units, right? How many units? So in a mortgage loan originator, well, I don't know how many units, Dio. Well, it's pretty simple. What's your average loan size, right? What's your average transaction size? What's your average revenue per transaction, all depending on your industry, mm -hmm. right? This exercise transposes multiple industries. But for my loan officers, we're going to say if your income goal was $300,000, then in your commission rate was a hundred basis points, then I would know in order to make $300,000, 
I must do $30,000 in volume, which is 100 transactions, right? And that's something I haven't pointed out, but let's go ahead and point out in order to understand these numbers, you do have to understand what is your average commission per, per, per transaction, mm -hmm. whether it's your commercial rate, right? In the TV advertising world, they may say I get 5% on new business. I get 20% on, on, I'm sorry, 5% on existing business, 20% on new business. And then they'd, they'd have to figure out, well, how much am I going to sell that's, that's new? How much am I going to sell that's existing? How much do I need to sell in order to achieve those goals? Like that's what we're trying to go for, mm -hmm. right? We're starting with an income. We already know how much our average commission is. We, we already know what our average transaction size is. We already know, right? That's mm -hmm. things we know. Then we're going to figure out, well, then how many units or how many number of transactions? Now that we have that number, we then have to decide, well, what's my conversion ratio, right? How many leads do I need to generate? And if you're a loan officer, I'm gonna take it one step further. I'm gonna say to you all, how many credit repool, how many credit pools do you need? Why is that specifically? Why do you say credit pools? Because if I just monitor myself on leads alone, and those leads aren't transferring into credit pools, then I'm getting a bunch of shitty leads. So I like to monitor both. Right. I like to monitor not just how many leads am I generating, but then how many of those leads are taking the next step. Because I understand that I may only close 15% of my leads, but I'm closing 33% of my credit pools. So I want to monitor both. Gotcha. Yep. It's just, it's a, a different way of, of measuring. It's like, not only do I want to get on the scale to see my weight, but I also want to check out what my body fat percentage is. Right. Because if I just went on the scale, but I was putting on a ton of muscle, and losing fat, the scale may give me a, a, a inverse or an inaccurate right. reading. Right. So I also want to measure body fat. I like mon uh, monitoring both. Makes sense. So if I'm a loan officer, I want to I want to understand in order for me to close five transactions a month, that means I need to have 15 credit pools a month. That means I need to have roughly 30 leads a month. If my lead conversion was I convert 15% of all leads mm -hmm. into closings, or I, I convert 33% of all credit pools into closings, then I need to know, well, how many am I getting? Because for me to wake up tomorrow and say, I want to make $240,000 next year, because that's $20,000 a month, because after taxes and after uh, uh, withdrawal for things like 401k and health benefits, I'm seeing 12,000 and 12,000 lets me save 3,000 a month and it lets me spend $9,000 a month. Mm -hmm. That's all well and good, but if I don't have a plan, how am I ever going to get there? Right? Just putting some arbitrary number out there is, is pointless. Right? It's like saying I'm going to go on a trip and it's going to be fantastic. Where are you going? Exactly. Where are you going? How are you going to get there? What are you going to do when you get there? How are you, how are you going to measure fantastic? Because we have to be able to measure all of this. And I think too many times people set a goal without a plan. And it's like, no, what's, what's that whole saying? Like you plan to fail, you, you fail to plan. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, let's not plan to fail. Let's put together a plan. Let's know our numbers and let's work our way into it. Stated at the beginning, we want to focus on income because income allows us to then save. Income then allows us to give back to the less fortunate. Right. We've done plenty of episodes where we focus on earning mm -hmm. so we can hit our savings goals. Right. Because if you don't focus on earning, it's really hard to bleed a turnip. 
At least that's what my granddaddy told me. Never understood what that meant, but I've never really farmed turnips, nor have I tried to bleed them, but I guess it's very difficult to do so. Yeah. And I think the point is turnips are red and maybe you can't juice them. I have no idea. I digress. But back at it, for a recap and a rundown, here's what we're going to do. Income. Check. I know what my income goal is. Perfect. I have an idea what my average transaction in terms of commission is. So now I need to know, well, based on, based on my average commission, how many, how much volume or how much revenue do I need to generate depending on my industry loan officers, how much volume? Okay. Volume check. Okay. Well, what's my average transaction size for my loan officers? That's your loan amount. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, if I'm going to do X amount of volume, how many units do I need to do? Okay. Check. In order to do those many units, then how many credit pools do I need? How many leads do I need? Now that I understand my credit pools and my leads, now I can focus on well, what activities am I going to generate or what sources of those leads am I going to focus on? And more than likely, because I'm doing business planning, I need to study past data while I project out future data in order to do so. This is going to force you all to go back and look at how many leads did you generate in 2022? How many of those leads converted into credit pools? How many units did you close for how much volume and what was your average loan size? You need to be able to go get all of that data from probably your LOS or your POS or your CRM. That's loan origination software, that's point of sale, and that's client relationship manager for people who don't understand the acronyms. It's okay if you don't, it's not okay if, if you do going forward now that we've taught them. So find that data and then you start plugging it in to the spreadsheet that we're gonna eventually get up on tloponline.com, but you can start writing it down now and you can get out your calculator, whether it's your HP12C or whether it's the calculator that comes on your iPhone and you can start figuring out this data. So now you understand going into every month, well, I need to generate 15 leads or 100 leads. I need to convert X amount of leads, X percent, let's just say 50% of those leads need to convert into credit pools because I know when I convert it to a credit pool that 33% will end up being a closing. If it ends up being a closing, I know that the average loan size will be X so I can times those closings by X to get my volume. I know my commission um, rate is Y, I can times my volume by Y to get my income. At which point are you short or are you over? And then when you're looking at your, at your goals, are they realistic or are you selling yourself short? Right? Like I called out Ben because Ben's talented because Ben is hardworking. He's a hustler. He's a grinder. He is coachable and competitive. Those are two things a guy like Mike Smalley looks at when he's hiring loan officers, which by the way, Mike Smalley right now over at Waterstone Mortgage is hiring loan officers. Like he is in higher mode, but he only wants to hire them if they're coachable and competitive. That's what it looks for. So Ben, he's coachable and he's competitive. So because of that, I looked at his numbers and after we worked backwards, I said, Ben, this only has you closing four transactions a month. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Yeah, no, you're going to do five. One extra transaction. One extra transaction for Ben when his average loan size is $300,000. That right there was almost thirty-six dollars to $40,000 in income. Like, come on, homie, like step it up a little bit right. and your BHAG should be six, right? So like he thought he was going to close 48 transactions. I'm pushing him to say, no, 
you can do 60 and your BHAG should be 72. Hmm. In fact, we're going to do an episode, maybe right after this. So after we drop this episode, let's do an episode where we talk about what to expect in 2023. Okay. Both real estate and housing. Yeah. Because it was through that conversation with Ben and his coaching group that we started really laying out the numbers and what that would look like. Mm -hmm. And I do believe many mortgage loan originators and real estate agents are going to start off very slow <laughs> right, right. in 2023, but I think it's going to pick right, right up right. In, in, 20, in, in, in Q2, Q3. And I think we're going to have a better than expected Q4. So um, I think people like Ben are going to be able to achieve those goals and it's not going to be 48 units, mm. right? It's going to be closer to 60, maybe even 72. Mm. So coming back to that worksheet that either you're doing at home on a post-it note, back of a business card with your calculator and a pen. Now that you know how many leads you need to generate, I want you to sit down and figure out where are those leads going to come from? Again, look at historical data. Where did you ob obtain your leads from? And by the way, if your answer is, I don't know, and then your answer is, I can't find out, here is number one on your 2023 business plan is start tracking your damn leads. And by the way, John Coleman has lead trackers on tloponline.com. So you can log on, you can get a lead tracker. Yeah. It could be as grotesque as a spiral notepad, literally. It could, it could then be an Excel spreadsheet or you could go all Mac Daddy and just use one of the badass CRMs out there. John, do you know what the best CRM is? The one that you use? The one that you use, yes. Like, look, I love Jungo. Yeah. <laughs> I will pimp me out some Jungo because that's the one that we use. Yeah. Right? Love, love, love Jungo. But the best CRM is the one that you use. Yeah. Meaning if you're not using your CRM, then what, what good is it? Right. You had to go drop all that money for Jungo and then not to use it, you wasted your money. Right. So the joke is the best CRM is the one that you use. We just happen to use Jungo. Mm -hmm. But um, so so if you don't have the ability to tell me how many leads you received in the past 12 months and where those leads came from, you got to start there. For everyone else, let's look at that. Like we have realtor account pyramids. And I know that we share realtor account pyramids in our coaching groups. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you know if they're on TLOP? They are. They are. Mm -hmm. Is that freemium or premium? I have to check. I want to say it's freemium. Yeah. But like the purpose of a realtor account pyramid is just to understand our referral sources. Again, life insurance people, it wouldn't be a realtor account pyramid, but it'd be a referral source mm -hmm. account pyramid. Where do you receive your referrals from? Where do you generate your leads? You need to know that, especially if I am doing business planning and I'm thinking that I need to generate 30 leads or 300 leads or 10 leads. Again, it's going to vary by industry. Where are they going to come from? Have an idea. Again, you have to be able to monitor, measure, and track all of this data. So as a loan officer, I could say, well, I need to generate 30 leads. Where are those 30 leads going to come from? Well, based on historical data, Last year, I closed eight transactions that came from friends and family. So I would write down eight or 10. Maybe I want to grow that segment because if you're not growing, you're dying. So all of us should be looking at ways that we can grow. And grow, by the way, doesn't have to be necessarily units and volume. Grow may be, I want to grow my conversion ratio. Grow may be, I want to increase my average ticket in terms of my, my average price or Grow may be, I want to figure out a way to do the same volume, but do it in less time, right? So grow doesn't always have to be more units and more volume. For many of us, it should be, but it doesn't have to be. Mm -hmm. 
So if I'm looking at, at my, my goals for 2023, I did eight friends and family last year that I need to do, and I want to do 10 this year, then it's like, how, what am I going to do? Oh, well, I'm going to be intentional about growing my following on Instagram. I'm going to be intentional about uh, having more friends on Facebook. I'm going to be intentional about posting on Facebook and doing reels on Instagram, right? That may be what you do. Or I'm going to start doing a quarterly mailer or a quarterly email. I'm going to include my friends and family. In fact, I'm going to check with my spouse and ask him or her, who all do we send holiday cards mm -hmm. to? Let's make sure I have their information in my database and make sure I'm, let's make sure I'm pushing my product or service towards them just so they know you have someone that you trust in the business. I then would look at past clients. How many closings did I have last year that were referred to me by past clients? Maybe that number was six. And I'm like, oh my God, only six? How do I get that number to 12? Well, again, look at my marketing efforts. What am I doing to stay in front of and on and and in yeah, in front of on top mm -hmm. of mind with my past clients? Then I look at who's been referring me. It could be a CPA, it could be a financial advisor, it could be a realtor, it could be a builder. If it's a realtor, which realtors, which real estate offices? And then of those realtors, who do I think that I could continue the same number of transactions or the same number of leads? Who could I grow? Who may I not be getting leads from that maybe last year I did. Like I always tell the story to my coaching groups of um, Corey Welch. Shout out to Corey Welch over at Weimer Group Realty. Love, love, love me some Corey. And Corey wasn't always with Weimer Group Realty. He was on his own. And when Corey was on his own, we would partner with Corey on probably five to six closings per year. He was an independent individual agent. And then Corey calls me and goes, oh my God, I had this phenomenal opportunity at Weimer Group Realty. I was super stoked for Corey. I was not stoked for Dustin and Kevin. And the reason why is because Corey's opportunity was to become a listing specialist at one of the top brokerages in all of Florida. But when Corey became a listing specialist, he had less opportunities to refer Kevin and I buyers. Now we still did one or two transactions here or there because occasionally Corey would have a friend and he would represent them as a buyer or he'd have a listing that the person needed to get pre-qualified to buy and we had that opportunity or he had a listing go sideways mm. and he asked us to jump in and save the deal. But we went from, let's just say 18 to 24 leads per year where we closed five to six transactions mm -hmm. to probably 12 leads and we closed two transactions. Right. So good for Corey, not good for Dustin and Kevin. When I'm business planning, I have to factor in and account for that happening. What happens when you have a real estate agent retire, a real estate agent move out of the out of the market, right? They're not going to have the same opportunities to refer you. So you have to be able to sit down, whether it's a realtor account pyramid or it's some form of a data tracking. I want people who run their own business, who are 100% commissioned to be able to, on a granular level, understand who is worth how many referrals. And based on those referrals or those leads, what's my capture rate what percentage am i going to close this is what needs to be going into business planning have you did you always have this kind of ideology mindset when you entered the industry did you have a business plan hell to the no no man this is this is what comes of 18 plus years of being a student right 18 plus years of i started off small scale as a solopreneur 100 commission running my own book of business using a spiral notepad as my crm True story. It wasn't even a spiral notepad. 
It was a freaking legal pad because they were free. <laughs> I could take them from the supply room <laughs> right. at uh, Home Bank Mortgage Corporation, which is my, my the first mortgage company I right. worked for. Yeah, no, this is these are things that you pick up along the way if you're always in growth mode, if you're trying to get 1% better per day. I, I learned all of this because I attended mortgage events, because I paid for coaching, because I went to masterminds. I surrounded myself around great professionals and collectively... These are things that were taught to us. We shared amongst each other. We started practicing. Mm. And by practicing it, we figured out what worked, what didn't work. We can make our adjustments. And now we teach it. Is this something that should be done like at the end of the year? Should it be done once a year, once a quarter, every week? Like it should be done at the end of every year, this time. Okay. Going into next year. And every single quarter, you should, you should review it. Mm. Like, I'm a big fan. Kevin Murphy and I were the first to do this. And now we have a bunch of loan officers who are doing this in the office. And even, again, I shouted out Mike Small earlier, Mike's coaching this to, to Waterstones loan officers right now. We have a massive poster board, like I'm talking three foot by four foot, and it says road to, right? So road to 100. If Casey McElroy wants to fund 100 transactions mm -hmm. on his wall so he can see it every day is a road to 100. It's 100 transactions. How is he going to achieve those 100 transactions? How many leads does he need? How many credit reports does he need? And who is responsible for referring him these leads? Is it going to be a new realtor, meaning someone he doesn't already know, a new builder, meaning someone he doesn't already know? Is it gonna come from a, a previously existing referral source? Is it gonna come from a past client? Is it gonna come from a COI, from a, a COI mm -hmm. uh, circle of influence? Or for some people, it's, it's purchase leads, right? It's consumer direct. Mm -hmm. But you have to know, like for me to achieve 100, and then is it going to be evenly distributed, 8.33 repeat per month? Mm -hmm. Or is it going to look like this, two in January, three in February, five in March, nine in July, 12 in August, six in October, five in November, and seven in December, right? Like, mm -hmm. like what does that road to 100 look like? And that culminated from just doing this most basic business planning. Right. So um, you should do it at the end of every year. You should review it at a minimum quarterly, but I would encourage you to have something like the row two up on, on yeah. your wall in your workstation so you're forced to stare at it every single day. Well said. And at the beginning of the episode, you said you would circle back to this. So you want to plan, 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 but how do you plan to exit? Well, I think we have to always, and I don't feel enough people, and I'm talking like, like very successful business operators with multiple locations and, and many associates, when I ask them, what's your exit strategy? Huh? Yeah, they're like deer in the headlights. So I said this just recently when I was meeting with a, um, a business owner. And to me, not having an exit strategy and understanding it would be like filling up my gas tank and going on a road trip. And someone says, where are you going? Don't know. Well, then how do you know that you got to where you wanted to get? Don't know, right? I don't like, you would never do that. You would never just go take a road trip to nowhere. You're going to have a destination. Now, along that destination, you might not know your route, right? You might not know, well, I don't know when I'm going to have to pee. I don't know when I'm going to get hungry. When I do get hungry, I don't know where I'm going to eat because I don't, I don't know necessarily what's off of this exit. Right. And what am I going to be feeling? Do I want Taco Bell or do I want Wendy's? Or am I going to totally discount the bad food and I want to go sit down somewhere? Right? None of that you might not know. But I do know I'm leaving my house 
around this time and I'm, and I'm heading to this particular location, at which point I'm gonna look to stop around here and more than likely, maybe I'm gonna uh, uh, pee here, go get food mm -hmm. there, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I think you need to have an exit strategy. I don't care if you're 24, cool, when you're 24, when do you wanna be done doing what you're doing? Just assume you're gonna be what doing what you're doing in, for, for the foreseeable future. Do you wanna retire at 55? Do you wanna retire at 59 and a half? Do you wanna to work to your 67 and a half? Like, what does that look like? Now, if you're 45, how much longer you got? You got 10 years, you got 20 years, and more importantly, if you have 10 years, is it realistic? Is it realistic that you can be done working in 10 years? Right? Because if you're only making 110 grand a year and you have nothing saved for retirement, I don't think it's very realistic that you can that you can save enough money in the next 10 years unless you literally 5x your income almost overnight, which is not impossible for many people who are 100% sales, right? Think life insurance, think mortgage, think commercial real estate, think residential real estate, you can 5X that. And then, then if you 5X'd it, would you keep your lifestyle basically the same <laughs> and then take all that extra money and save it and invest it for the next 10 years? And then when you got there and you're 55, is that gonna be enough money for you to live off of without changing your lifestyle for the negative? But we need to have an exit strategy because to me, understanding my exit strategy gives me something to work towards. It gives me a vision, it gives me a destination, it gives me a light at the end of the tunnel. The further out you are, the less clear you're gonna be and that's okay. The closer you are to retirement, that's what exiting means, then, then the more clear you need to be. Now, if you own a business, your exit strategy may be, I wanna sell in seven years. Okay, when you sell in seven years, what are you gonna sell it for? And if you sell it for that number, is that a two multiple? a five multiple, meaning when you look at your, your EBITDA or you look at your, your net revenue, are you selling for four, five, seven, or one times that number? And then are you working towards focusing on the activities that you need to focus on to generate the revenue that's necessary to get your company's valuation to that point, at which point someone will pay you a three or a five X, right? I think we just have to have that in the back of our mind. So when I'm doing business planning, what I'm gonna state Put an asterisk next to this is write yourself a question. What's my exit strategy, right? Like we had Kayla on, on, uh, the podcast, mm -hmm. right? Respect the hell out of Kayla. I remember the first time I met Kayla, she said something to me that was very insightful. She said, I don't see how someone can do this for 10, for over 10 years. She was talking about being a hardcore mortgage loan originator, like just like balls to the wall at it, closing hundred plus transactions a year. She said, at some point, I could see where they would get burned out. My comment to her was like, I think you're right. Now, you can be an average loan originator and do it for 25, 30 years, probably never get burned out. Mm -hmm. But I think if you're going to go balls to the wall, 100, 200, 300 units, you're probably going to have to build a team because eventually, maybe the highest and best use of your time is running the team, leading the team, being the surgeon mm -hmm. of the team, but pulling yourself away from the things that wear you out and then dispersing those tasks amongst the group. Or maybe for her, it's becoming a producing branch manager where the production is done by her junior LO and her loan partner, and her processor, and she's running a branch because that's going to give her something new to focus on. Mm -hmm. Right. So she already has a little bit of an exit strategy because she knows I can run at this speed for another 10 years, but I probably can't go after 10. Mm. Someone who owns their business 
means right now I need to focus on getting my revenue up to X and my profitability to Y because I'm 48 years of age and by 55, I don't want to be running the company. So one of two things have to happen. I need to sell it. And if I sell it, what's the minimum I'm willing to take? Maybe it's three and a half million. Because at 55, with three and a half million dollars, I'm fine not working full-time any longer. Maybe I do consulting. Or I, I work the company up to where it's worth two million and I don't necessarily sell it, but I take a back seat. I let my number two take over and then I let her, him or her pay me out over the next seven years so that at 62 and a half, I can retire. I'm still involved in the company, but I'm not a part of the, the, the day to day, right? Dentists do this, financial advisors do this. And by the way, mortgage loan originators can do this. You do have a way of transitioning your book of business out, especially when you're thinking about retirement. So I do believe everyone needs to understand the term exit strategy. They need to understand how it relates to them and they need to start focusing towards it because that is everyone's end goal. Like most of us work because we have to. Very few of us work because we love to and, and, and because it's our hobby. So if you have to work, how to get yourself to a position where you can be in that, that point of your life where you're choosing to only work because you want to. Damn, that was a lot of free game in this episode. All right. You think we should stop here? Yeah, I think we should stop here and charge people for this episode. <laughs> Maybe next time. You know what, John? That is why we have coaching. And I'll be honest, um, we've been dabbling in coaching. Mm -hmm. And I would like to, in 2023, I would like to double down on it. Um, I'm looking for faculty members, right? So like guys like Mike Smalley or women like Leslie Heimer or uh, Christy Service. Like when I think of people who represent TLOP really well mm -hmm. and would do a good job of coaching, these are people that I'm thinking about bringing into the fold yeah. to help us run a legitimate coaching company. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of people that I'm coaching right now that I think would make good coaches yeah. once they've maybe finished an entire year mm -hmm. and they have the results to back it up because right. I would never ask someone to pay for coaching who is being coached by someone who hadn't achieved what that person wants to achieve. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, maybe we can do more of this one on one. I can tell you this. If you want more of this. Our premium members do have access to a town hall meeting yeah. and our town hall meetings are once a month or an hour long and it's anything goes literally ask, ask me anything. You want to talk about the quarterback controversy at university of central Florida. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Not for long. Cause it's not fair to everyone else who dialed in, right. but it's usually things that are business related, entrepreneurial related, sales related, mortgage related. Mm -hmm. Then that's a forum we have right now. But in 2023, we do anticipate doing more coaching. And the coaching is on running a business and the tackling and blocking, the what to say and how to say it. Mm -hmm. It's less about how to be a great technician, right. that makes any sense. So yeah. I don't know if you were segueing for that, but hey, I pimped it out <laughs> yeah, nonetheless. It works. Yeah, it works. Cool. So we're going to come back next episode. We'll drop one on my prognostication based on all the data that I collect mm -hmm. on the mortgage and housing and real estate industry in 2023. In the interim, we have a ton of content in here for people to digest. Probably have to go back and listen and watch it multiple times. Keep on checking the website because John will get that Excel spreadsheet up by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Yes, sir. That's all the time we have for you today, but we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.